0: My lesson here is that I would have partnered with somebody to do that because I didn't have a lot of liquid cash or assets available. And so what I ended up doing was outlaying a lot of my money to the point where now it was starting to become a stressful situation. Welcome to School of Success, the podcast that will help you reach your goals and become the success story you've always dreamed of. Join us on our journey as we explore the strategies, tools, and tactics needed to build health, wealth, and personal development. Together, we'll uncover the secrets to living life to its fullest with host Brandon Hicks. So let's get started and make your dreams come true. Welcome back to another episode of School of Success. In the last episode, we talked about some of the key dates that you are going to want to be thinking about when you're making your offer and potentially going under contract on a property. Some of those dates, again, include when you submit the letter of intent, how quickly are you going to send over the earnest money deposit, how quickly should the seller be sending you the financial documents and all the paperwork that you're looking for so you can do your financial audit, and then how long your inspection period is that you're looking for. Don't make the same mistake I did, which was putting in much too short of a inspection period, and then how long it's going to take you to close. And so today I wanted to go into detail on some of the due diligence items that I went through and exactly what that cost me my biggest learning was i ended up coming out of pocket with quite a bit of money had a lot of at-risk capital out there for quite some time so it was a big lesson for me the second inspection that i did was called a environmental phase one and that is basically looking at the historical records of the property again it was about four weeks for that company to do that work and about two thousand dollars i believe for that inspection And unfortunately, what came back for us was that because the building had some heavy machinery used at it many years ago, that there was a risk of solvents and cleaners and degreasers and having potentially gotten to the ground. So from the environmental company's perspective, they said there is a risk here that there is hazardous material in the ground. And the only way for us to really know that is to move to what's called a phase two, where we'll actually do soil sampling. And so I really did not want to do that because that was going to cost, I believe, is nine to ten thousand extra dollars. And I debated it for quite some time because, on one hand, I was thinking if I move forward with this and then find out that there is hazardous materials here, what if it costs twenty, thirty thousand dollars to remediate? And realistically, that's actually probably on the low side. It could even be a lot more. Now I've already paid for these two rounds of testing, and now maybe I have to come out of pocket with even more money, which is kind of a cost of doing business, especially in the commercial space. You might move forward on a deal. The whole point of a due diligence or inspection period is to uncover issues and determine if this is something that's overcomable for you or not. You're not always gonna close on every deal, in which case you're gonna have some at-risk capital that you do not get a return on. And so that is the cost of doing business. But I really didn't want that to be the case for my first deal. It's not like I have boatloads of cash just lying around. You know, I really wanted to make sure that I wasn't back to zero on my first deal. But I knew that I would be uncomfortable moving forward and partnering with investors and taking on their capital with this looming over my head. And so I knew that the right thing to do was to move forward and order the inspection. After consulting with a number of people, some thought it wasn't necessary, but others, especially on the legal perspective, said, you know, you really should do this because if you purchase this property and it has an issue and you find out about it later, you have to fix it. So we move forward with the phase two and I think that was about another three to four weeks of testing. Fortunately, it came back that we were clean. And the great news with that is now I actually can say with confidence that there are no issues here. Another reason why you'd want to move forward with this is one, it'd be looming over my head three or four years from now is something going to be discovered. And I should have just run that testing. And in the grand scheme of things, we're talking about buying a million dollar building And here I am not wanting to spend eight grand to figure this out. I could be stepping over pennies, but then get hit with a really big fee. And I really didn't want that. I might as well address it now. And that was the absolute right thing for me to do. And it worked out really well for me is just it took more money to get to that point. Some other things that you're gonna wanna do is a financial audit. So you're gonna want to dig into the paperwork from the facility. So the profit and loss statement, if they have one, if not, you're gonna have to build one rent roll, make sure that if they say that there's 130 units, are there truly 130 units? Open units that are vacant, measure them, make sure that they are the size that they say they are. You are going to want to see who's paying, who's not paying and start getting an idea of how many people you might have to go to auction because let's say the facility is 100% full, but only 80% are paying. Well, that means if they're 100% full, you can't accept new tenants. So you've got people in there that are not paying, maybe not paying for two, three years. And now you've got new customers coming in saying, I'd love to rent and you can't rent to them. So how long is it going to take you to go through the auction process and letting the tenants know that you're going to kick off the auction process, give them the chance to catch up and then eventually go through that auction process. And so that really starts to help your planning for when you take over In addition, for me in this opportunity, we knew the roof needed to be replaced, but there was also a large slate roof that we weren't sure if could just be repaired, which I know is really difficult to do, or if it should just be replaced. And that was a huge job, which was gonna cost a lot of money But how do you know how much that's going to be unless you get some estimates, you know, and so you need to leave some time for you to be able to review that with a roofer. And in my experience, in this case, there was a lot of people who were kind of hesitant to go and do that inspection or go and give me a quote, knowing that I wasn't the owner yet. And so I had to do some negotiation on that to be able to just get a ballpark figure from someone. And he came by and spent one hour with me looking at the roof to get a good understanding of that. If this is a potentially large cap X item, you're gonna to wanna to do that because you need to make sure that you're bringing enough money into the deal to start. You don't wanna find out that you actually needed a lot more and now you're going back to your investors looking for more money that's not gonna be a good look. So after going through all of these inspections, like I said, it was a property condition inspection, environmental phase environmental phase two, I hired an attorney. After doing all that, I think I had outlaid about $30,000 of my own capital. And so that's technically at risk. You know, if we didn't end up closing or we found something that was a deal killer, I was potentially going to lose all of that money. And that'd be a very expensive lesson for me to learn. So the lesson that I learned in doing this is, you know, that it's not necessary for me to be the one to bring all of that at-risk capital into a deal. I mean, with any deal you're going to do, you need to hire an attorney, you're gonna need to do these inspections before you close. And so it's always gonna be at risk. And what teams will do is they'll offer um, percent of the deal for whoever's bringing in the at-risk capital. And so that is a incentive for someone to say, okay, I'm willing to bring in some money. I understand that it's at risk. And in return for that, I'm going to get a piece of the deal and I'll get my money back when we close. Of course, it is no guarantee, it is at risk, but everyone's working towards returning that money. My lesson here is that I would have partnered with somebody to do that because I didn't have a lot of liquid cash or assets available, and so what I ended up doing was outlaying a lot of my money to the point where now it was starting to become a stressful situation because basically I used all my money. Whereas if I had a wealthy investor or a friend or a business partner who had a lot more cash than me, they could have handled covering those costs without putting themselves in a tough financial situation and gotten a piece of the deal for that. There's other ways to do it, whether you're using credit or loans. And I just didn't know that at the time. So that was the biggest lesson learned for me is if you are moving forward on a deal, just be aware that the due diligence period is going to cost a significant amount of money. And if you don't have a lot of liquid cash available, you want to be thinking about finding a partner who is willing to provide that at-risk capital in return for a percentage of the deal, or if there's another way for you to do it. Hey, I appreciate you listening to another episode of School of Success. I'm committed to helping others reach their full potential. So if you found value, please leave a five-star rating and review. With that, we can reach more people and help make their dreams come true.